Hello and welcome to Sportscast Jersey. Uh, today we are joined by one half of Dragon and Fish Road, uh, Peter Wright. Well, we, we didn't know how to row basically, so two years ago we we kind of entered this never having been on a rowing boat. And I think my final week in Jersey is, you know, I was saying goodbye to everyone and wrapping up things at work and, you know, the reality was hitting me a, a lot harder. I mean, the first week there was a bit of tension, um, just uh, probably more me being quite flaky to be honest. I'd never done anything like this where you're so out of control with what you're facing uh, and it took us um, 54 days non-stop. Yeah. I think to date we've got about nearly £8,000 on our sports giving page. We, we, we are really trying to drive that up to £10,000. And welcome to Sportscast Jersey. Uh, today we are joined by one half of Dragon and Fish Road, uh, Peter Wright. Uh, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm not bad, thanks, Dan. I'm not bad at all. I've uh, been back a week, so uh, slowly getting back into the swing of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's just start with a brief explanation for people who may not know. What have you just completed? How have you done it? And um, just explain the challenge first of all. What was it? Yeah, yeah. The, the challenge is uh, a uh, unsupported uh, non-stop row from uh, Lagomera in Tenerife to uh, Antigua, a uh, distance of three thousand miles. Uh, and we've, um, you know, basically it's, it's a rowing challenge, and we've just done it as part of an organised race called the Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge. Uh, and it took us um, fifty-four days non-stop. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Um, when did the idea first come about? When when did you sit down and think, oh, yeah, I want to do that? Yeah, well, I say uh, we, we did it as a pair. So my, my good friend Steve Hayes and I, we did it in the pairs category. Uh, it actually came about by Steve. Uh, he, uh, I think this has been in his head longer than mine. In fact, I don't think it even entered my head. <laughs> and so he sent me an email just um, laying out that he was thinking of doing it and he'd actually prefer to do it as a pair uh, rather than as a solo. So his first port of call was to um, kind of ask me if I, if I fancied it and uh, he kind of spelled out what was involved. So, um, yeah, I, I think I read it with a combination of excitement and horror uh, yeah. any, and quickly agreed, though, that I, I fancied it. Had you done, like, any big challenges prior to this one? I've... Yeah, we've we both done some big challenges, but mainly um, kind of running, um, cycling and swimming, more, more so running. Uh, so we'd both been quite, um, you know, quite experienced in multi-day running events or, or, you know, long individual running events, you know, lasting up to two days. Um, but we'd never learned to row. Well, we, we didn't know how to row, basically. So two years ago, we we kind of entered this never having been on a rowing boat. Um, uh, and the next thing is we're kind of entering one of the, the biggest rowing races uh, there is globally. So so that was quite daunting. Yeah. How how was the, I suppose you had to go away and learn how to row in that time. In yeah, we, we, had, we, had, we had an initial meeting. We we met down a you know down a hotel and had a little brainstorm about what our tactic was going to be on the on the projects. We were thinking everything from 
how we were going to get the funds together, um, who we were going to fundraise for. Um, and uh, I kind of said to Steve, maybe we should uh, join the rowing club <laughs> and learn to row. And he, he kind of said, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> so that was quite a comical moment. Um, so we actually, um, the Jersey Rowing Club, just been fantastic. Um, we knew they did have a go row sessions for uh, novices, which they do each year, and they, they run a few sessions. And um, fortunately, there was one coming up in, in in a couple of weeks. So we we got ourselves down there, um, walked into the club, announced ourselves and what we were planning to do, and half expected to get kind of um, laughed away. But no, they, they were absolutely brilliant with us. And um, we, 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 we jumped in a team of four. We learned how to learn the basics, and we took it from there. Yeah, amazing. Um, leading up to the challenge, weeks, days before, how mm. nervous were you going into it? Were you confident or were you, were you really uh, worried? Yeah, I, don't, I can't talk for Steve really, um, but I was I was really nervous. You know, I I, um, I think when I we had to go out to Spain for two weeks before the actual challenge started to do a number of kind of final checks on the boat and, and lots of admin. And I think my final week in Jersey is, you know, I was saying goodbye to everyone and wrapping up things at work. And, you know, the reality was hitting me a, a lot harder. And, you know, obviously my family were going to come out to Spain for the start of the race, but it started dawning on me how much I was going to miss them and a lot of things. And, yeah, so I got to Spain and I, I started getting very nervous, actually, and uh, seeing all the other competitors and uh, yeah, but but equally, I was trying not to think too much about it either. I was just trying to think, you know, just go with it, take each day as it comes and, um, yeah, go with the flow, really. Yeah. What what was it like, the fives with the other competitors? You said it was a race, but is yeah. it a friendly kind of environment or were they? Uh, absolutely, yeah. For, there was 43 teams there, ranging from solos all the way up to teams of five. Um, so you quickly got to the, the, the town itself uh, or the, the place itself, La Gamera, like an island, uh, it's quite a small community um, for those that have been there, and and you quickly spot the rowers kind of walking around town, you know, with their kind of um, t-shirts on, uh, uh, you know, their their kind of uh, their, their club colours, and yeah, we, we quickly got to know a lot of the teams. We'd we'd known a lot of the teams via social media. We, we'd been talking that way, but uh, it's the first time we'd got to meet them face to face. So there was a lot of socialising, um, you know, d- down the pub and, and in restaurants, which was good. And um, a lot of time on the boat, getting things ready, inspections, getting the boat in the water. Uh, but, yeah, it was, fr- it was a friendly rivalry. It actually became like a family down there. Yeah. Everyone had each other's backs. Um, it wasn't overly competitive. You know, we all, we all were going into it being competitive, but we were all kind of looking out for each other and kind of wanted each other to be safe. Yeah. So, yeah. It was a challenge, yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the boat as well. Obviously, that's a key element to the challenge. How yeah. did you come about getting it and knowing that was the right boat for you? Yeah, well, we, we normally with these boats, uh, yeah, they, they do a crossing and then often before the crossing, they're up for sale. You know, um, you know, someone's looking for the next owner. Uh, so we knew Steve had been looking uh, for a boat for us and he'd been checking on all the uh, various social media chat groups. Uh, and, he, and he found one um, called Sonia Atlantico, uh, a pairs boat that had done the crossing three times and was about to do it for the fourth time. Uh, and we'd heard it was going to be for sale, um, picking up from Marseille at the end of this challenge. Uh, and, and we we were restricted on our budget. We we knew we had to kind of get something on the cheaper side. Um, and 
Sonio did tick the box for that, given that it was old. Um, but it came with a good CV. You know, we'd, we'd heard that it never capsized. Uh, it, say it had four attempts at crossings and it completed them all. Uh, we knew we weren't going to break any world records in it, um, but we knew it was capable of um, being competitive and getting us a good finish. So we quickly put down a deposit uh, and we arranged to get it picked up um, from Marseille What uh, once the lads had done their crossing. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Um, moving on to the challenge now. Hmm. What was it like out there? What was a typical day? Was it hmm. much of the same or was every day different? Uh, yeah, there wasn't really a typical day. It was, um, I mean, the, the, the typical day part of it was that you were on a boat with surrounded by blue ocean and couldn't <laughs> see any more. Um, in terms, and also, I guess, the structure around it, we, we quickly developed a a system we stayed on firstly we stayed on uk time on our watches just to keep things simple so between 9 a.m and 9 p.m we we did one hour rowing uh one hour off um due to the heat and also the fact our backsides were pretty sore at this point uh and that would just involve one of us rowing maybe the other one hanging out at the back of the boat just you know talking to the other one uh when it went to night time we did two hours on two hours off so we had like more of a shift pattern where we were sleeping and trying to get some sleep. So a typical day would be probably four and a half hours sleep maximum yeah. for one of us. Um, that's where I guess the typicalness of the day ended in terms of what you were facing. Sea state would be different each day. Um, we had lots of issues with um, equipment failure, uh, which a lot of the fleet did as well. Um, yeah. So we'd have different challenges to face each day and have to overcome them and and then just try and row as hard and as far as we could each day. Yeah, how how did you fuel as well? Like, obviously you're out in the sea. How did that work? The fueling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, we we took a lot of advice um, off uh, uh, Kit and Paul at Crew Food locally, um, Crew Road. They they partnered with us and they gave us a good idea as to the type of stuff we need to be fueling up on uh, and the amount of calories we need to be getting in ourselves each day, which was proportionate to our weight, but was about six and a half thousand calories each. Um, so we spent a lot of time with them and in the end we put together like a shopping list of what we wanted to take in terms of uh, freeze-dried food and snacks and uh, we bagged it up individually per day uh, and basically it would involve each of us pulling out a day pack of food and uh, getting through that each day. Yeah, yeah. Um, amazing. How good was it having each other, you say, when one was row and one was support? How good was it to have it? Did you have a... Was it ever too much? And by the end, you were like, "Oh, glad that's the end of him." <laughs> no, 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 not from my point of view. I mean, uh, you know, so Steve, Steve might think differently, but I don't think he does. Um, but yeah, I, I think initially we did have a, a quite an honest chat at the beginning, just saying, "Look, if there's something you know that needs to be said, if there's something we, we're just going to say it." You know, we're we're, we're in too bigger challenge we're on in too small an environment and we're in a dangerous environment as well if something needs to be said we need to kind of have it out and say it so we were and we are good mates um and we're still good mates but we, we agreed that honesty was the best policy um i mean the first week there was a bit of tension um just uh probably more me being quite flaky to be honest i was struggling to adapt uh I was slower adapting than steve there are a few things probably that were bugging Steve about me and I sensed things were a little bit off atmosphere wise. So I just challenged him on it and he, he was very honest with me and he just said, look, 
this is kind of what's bugging me about what you're doing. And I, I, I listened and I agreed with some of it. Uh, I didn't agree with all of it, but the bits I did agree with, I took them on board and just thought, yeah, I need to get my act together a bit here and, and sort it out, which I did. Uh, and then from that point on, it, it was absolutely fine. Yeah, uh, how good was that support for each other as well? It, you know, it, it, was, it, it was invaluable, just knowing he was there. Even though a lot of the time you're effectively doing it on your own, you're rowing and he's sleeping, so he's out of sight in the cabin or the other way around, just knowing he's there. So if um, quite often we'd have an issue which we knew would require a couple of hands to fix. So just, just knowing you could kind of bang on the door and say, Look, sorry to bother you, mate, but I need you out here just to kind of help yeah. me with this or... Or just, you know, if you were having a particular low day or, you know, you'd have someone to bounce things off or even just, you know, we were telling each other jokes. We had a good mate back home who was sending us jokes via WhatsApp and we were just quite often sat at the back reading each other jokes and having a bit of a giggle. Yeah. So yeah. Anything, anything to lighten the mood, lighten the day. It was, yeah, it was exactly. You mentioned you had bad days, moments. Mm. How tough were they as part of the the challenges yeah i mean a uh, very tough uh it, it became um i think when you i'd never done anything like this where you're so out of control with what you're facing anything i'd ever done before uh land-based you kind of always had that safety wrapper that you've got a working mobile phone on you and kind of help is never too far away um uh, you know and if you want to kind of almost quit the event you kind of can it's you know like a checkpoint away but if you want to pull out but this event was just different. It was, so, you know, each day you're like, we're on this boat, we're on it for the long haul, we've got to make it work. And and the hard bits for me were the equipment failure we had, um, which each time it happened, you'd be faced with, is this going to jeopardise our crossing? Is it going to significantly delay it? Um, which means more time away from friends and family. Uh, and, and I found those bits very hard because they just you just couldn't control them. You never knew when they were going to happen. Uh, and then you just have to try and somehow fix them on a on a very small boat that's moving all over the place. Um, so yeah, it was there. There were some pretty low moments there, but again, you just take each day or each hour as it comes, each day as it comes, and together you you troubleshoot and and you get through it. Yeah, and obviously you were away for Christmas as well. How how was that? Yeah, that was that was weird. You know, it was. Um, I guess we mentally prepared ourselves for the fact we would. Um, we, we made a point of doing some videos for back home and, and calling our friends and family. We had a working sat phone, so we could call yeah. people whenever we liked. The quality wasn't brilliant, but it, it was possible. So we both were able to check in on loved ones and, and have good chats. Um, you know, we, we had a bit of a laugh on the boat. We put Santa hats on and had a Christmas Day swim and uh, and all of that. But Christmas was actually difficult. You know, Christmas Day, we, we enjoyed. We had a moment in the morning where we opened presents from back home and say had a swim. But then some really terrible weather hit us in the afternoon uh, and and that lasted for four to five days. And that resulted in us being pretty much stuck in the same position for, the, for that period of time. Yeah. So, so Christmas wasn't exactly a, a barrel of laughs for us, to be honest, yeah. but we got through it. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, there was a higher finishing, but during the challenge, what mm. were your standout kind of highs of the, of the challenge? Yeah, I think um, there's a few, actually. I mean, firstly, you know, and consistently any wildlife encounters. Uh, so we did come across dolphins and whales uh, and a couple of turtles kind of early on. Uh, and then we had, you know, other visits throughout the challenge as well. And that was always a high. Uh, rowing at night under the stars, 
uh, you know, when you had it, it was just incredible. Um, particularly when you're out there on your own and you just sort of like you just looking up at the sky and just really taking in the moment. Uh, but but other highs, I think for me in particular, were the um, you know we, we we had no people contact out there. Um, well, we did. We we were able to talk to people, friends and family, or, or communicate by WhatsApp. Uh, but we didn't have any face-to-face contact with anyone. Um, and we had two moments out there where one one of our competitors, um, a team called Two in a Row, who we were kind of pretty much competing with the whole way in the pairs category, they actually overtook us, but they did it right next to us. Yeah. That was an incredible moment where their boat lit up and we we, we suddenly started having a chat, you know, uh, quite close together. Uh, you know, and, and they were a great couple of lads. And um, secondly, we were kind of, we came across a cruise ship and we, we were able to get on the uh, communications device with them as well and have a chat with them. And they actually did um, did a sail by um, uh, past us and, yeah. and all the passengers were out on deck sort of taking pictures. So that was quite an uplifting moment, actually, just to have some meaningful people contact. Yeah, uh, yeah. Amazing. We got eyes. I think we got, we got wind, really, the, how well we were being supported back here um you know which we were quite sort of surprised by really you know in, t- in terms of the volume of support we were getting and you know that that was really a high for us and it kind of kept us going yeah yeah um I was going to speak about the office here was a race I was going to ask how mm. many other boats did you actually see on the race as well once you got deep into the competition you didn't see any you yeah. really didn't see any I think the last boat we saw was probably two or three hours into the race uh, and then you know everyone's going off in their own way and then I think when you're looking at the tracker all the boats look like they're quite close together but if, if you measure the distance between the two nearest boats you're probably looking at about four or five miles yeah. so you can't see. um so no we didn't apart from the one encounter we had with two in a row uh and we we you know we, we didn't see them that clearly we we you know we didn't see any other boat um uh at all yeah um which is, which is quite odd, you know. Yeah, I think we, yeah. we we took an interesting route uh, at the beginning. I think we headed more west when all the other teams headed south. Um, so that that was another reason why we didn't see many boats from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, obviously finishing. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about that moment. We've seen the pictures, we've seen the videos. How good was that? It was amazing, actually. We we were sort of almost we. I found the beginning of the race or the, um, the early parts of the race easier from the sense that we had such a long way to go that you never really thought about finishing too much. You just focused on each day as it came and tried to row as long as you could. And I think when we had the thousand mile to mark, went for the thousand miles to go mark, I started thinking about, oh, actually we could have this race done by this date. And that was quite a bad trap to fall into because it, it suddenly the, we thought we were at one point we we're going to finish at the end of Jan, and then it, it kept getting pushed back. Um, so we, we we were thinking about the finish and that we were ready to hit land and see our loved ones. And but then we hit some bad weather at the end that was um, pushing us off course, um, not working with us at all, and our finish got delayed. Uh, but we managed to get around that, correct ourselves a bit, and then uh, get get back. So, I th- but yeah, I mean, as soon as we knew definitively when we were going to finish we uh, we were just kind of almost just trying to take in what had just happened uh, it didn't quite feel real we we could see with 20 miles to go we could see Antigua uh, and then it, it, it you know kind of it but you know the final 20 miles went really quickly and then we were finishing in the dark as well we were finishing about midnight uh, 
Um, so that was quite tricky navigationally to get ourselves into where we were getting into. There were you know, some last minute dramas. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was just brilliant, you know, at the end, just to know we'd were hitting land and just to kind of actually realise what we'd just done. Yeah, and that reception at the end as well. Yeah, I mean, the reception was awesome. And the fact um, that we had other competitors there, you know, we had friends and family, but we had other competitors, particularly like the the two in a row guys that they'd, they'd actually, you know, just beaten us at the end of the day for the pairs category. But they were there cheering us in. You know, one of the lads had even lost his voice. He was cheering so hard for us, um, which uh, was quite humbling, actually. And then, you know, So it's, it meant a lot to see everyone. Yeah, obviously it was a race as well. How yeah. pleased are you with the time and uh, the way that you did? Yeah, we're, we're delighted. We um, we went in with a we you know we had no. It was hard to kind of say what our goal was. We we came out with fifty days because that was sort of round about the quickest time the boat had done it in before. So we thought we'd like to be competitive in that respect, but we were open minded. We thought we could be quicker than that. We could be slower than that. You, I think with each year's race, you don't know what you're going to get. Each year is different. And I think this year, from what I understand, was quite a tough year, like one of the toughest on record. And, you know, we, we started off the race going into headwind. We had kind of some really bad weather in the first week. And then, you know, we also had all the, the, the work, tough weather to deal with at the end. So for us to do 54 days whilst losing five days to being stuck still, we, we felt was quite a huge achievement. Yeah. Uh, and we were really chuffed with how the boat performed. Uh, as I say, it took some heavy whacks. We um, we were pretty certain we were going to be capsizing on numerous times, and we never did. We never came close. Um, the boat took some heavy blows from side on waves, and yeah, always stood firm. Yeah. So yeah, we we, we were yeah, from a competitive point of view, we were pretty chuffed. We you know we went into it to be competitive, but I think if anyone ever asked us, we talk that down just to, just to say, but yeah, we 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 were definitely trying to be competitive. Yeah, amazing. Um, let's talk about the charity side. Yeah. Um, how important is that side and uh, who are you doing it for? Yeah, we, we've nominated two charities. Um, so number one, uh, Macmillan uh, Jersey. So uh, that, that they're kind of a charity that's definitely close to Steve and I in terms of we've had close family members impacted by a cancer diagnosis. Um, I've done a lot of fundraising for them before. So I definitely wanted to nominate McMillan for kind of a, to, to be a beneficiary of this challenge. Uh, secondly, Durrell, again, we, we're keen supporters of Durrell. We've both supported them on an event we did in the Amazon jungle back in 2015 together, Steve and I. So we we wanted to keep up that relationship. And we felt there was a lot of synergy with a particular rewild project that Durrell were running to our challenge, you know, given the, um, the, the fact, you know, our row was about as carbon neutral as, uh, as you could kind of get. So we, we wanted to kind of go for both both charities. And I think to date we've got about nearly £8,000 on our sports giving page. We, we, we are really trying to drive that up to £10,000 if we can. And then we've got other ways we want to fundraise in terms of, you know, kind of motivational talks and about anything really. You know, the talks, we, we're kind of putting it out there to anyone that would like a talk. Um, you know, we're asking like a fee for our charities in exchange, but anything from the physical part of it to the, um, you know, the kind of mental aspect to it, to be honest, the, you know, sort of, um, it is a, a challenge. It's very much in the head. Um, and, uh, you know, so we, we're open to talks about any kind of, of this subject matter and yeah. uh, get the fundraising up as high as we can. Yeah. Amazing work. Amazing work. Um, I guess the last question is 
what's next for you and what's next for Steve? Is there anything on the horizon? For Steve, I believe he's entered a cycling race in Wales called the uh, uh, the Dragon, uh, which is a 300k cycle through Brecon Beacons up and down massive hills. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for me, not a lot, to be honest. I, I, I sort of was quite exhausted after this one in terms of all the time it took on planning the project, um, managing all the stuff behind the scenes and then the physicality part of it. So I, I'm, I've decided I want to take a bit of a bit of a breather from anything huge. That said, I'll, I'll be getting back down the gym and trying to stay fit, uh, iron up some of the local challenges around here. Yeah. So I'll definitely be taking part in them. But in terms of anything big, big ticket that involves overseas travel and all the rest of it, I'm, I think I'm temporarily retired. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Can't really blame you. Can't blame me. Um, I guess a final, final question. For anyone looking to do any kind of challenge which is physically or mentally challenging, what are your kind of top tips for them? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an, I mean, firstly, I mean, I think don't don't be in, you know, research the event that you, you're thinking of doing, but don't be, um, I think, seize the day, seize the moment. You know, my view is kind of life's too short. So if there's... If there's something you fancy doing, um, you know, just just have a look at what's involved, research the event, um, talk to people that have done it, you know. Uh, but yeah, I think just go for it simply because it. I I think me personally, whilst I'm competitive, I'm competitive with myself. I don't. I think a lot of people talk themselves out of doing things because they're scared of coming last, or you know, they're maybe scared of being back of the pack, and that part of it has never bothered me before. I kind of think your last actually if you don't even enter the event or you don't even do it if you actually do something and you finish last you're not really last you've just you still achieved the event and no one ever asks you what time it took you or you know where you finished it's just about did you achieve what you set out to and did you have fun uh and, and i think if you can you can get into something and you know get something out of it and and um yeah and, and it's, it's great for the well-being to, to kind of set the bar high um, to get out whichever discipline it is being running swimming cycling walking you know whatever and just breathe in some air and get yourself fitter and you know just feel more positive in life anyway so I, I think my my simple advice is just kind of go for it um yeah. you know understand what you're up against some, some of these events do require you to have certain skills or have the right kit so for example if you're going to go up in a mountain make sure you take all the right gear to be up in a mountain otherwise mountain rescue i'm going to be thanking you when they have to come and rescue yeah it's it's simply just yeah seize the day and, and and go for it basically yeah amazing tips um thank you for coming on well done on the challenge absolutely brilliant from both of you um yeah thank you for coming on the podcast my pleasure absolute pleasure right thank you for watching guys that was another episode of sportscast jersey and that was with peter wright uh another episode is coming soon